Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome, people, to episode 224 of Dude and the Monkey. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Ian Loring, hello. Hello, everybody. Uh, we have a, a double review show today for you, you lovely people. We're going to be chatting at It, the new super movie, um, as I believe I saw, I think, one newspaper call it, which I, I found quite amusing. And we're also going to chat Wind River, the uh, new film by um, Taylor Sheridan. His directorial debut, I believe. Yep. Quite uh, Yeah. Uh, and we'll have all our usual sort of trailer chat, a few tangents probably, and uh, a little bit of what we've been watching. I, again, because of work thing, I've not watched that much, but I did watch one quite interesting film uh, that we'll, uh, we'll talk about during that. Uh, if we've got any questions, we'll be answering those. Um, but, Ian... Is there anything that's happened this week that we should we should talk about? Ah, oh, Apple TV 4K has been announced. It is, yeah. Well, of course, we had a we had a big sort of discussion about this um, a few weeks ago, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Oh. We, we, we were kind of debating the um, the pricing structure and the what would tip us over the edge for it. And um, oh yes, uh, yeah. We, we so we, we did speak about Apple TV and the 4K uh, a few few weeks ago didn't we and where we discussed sort of pricing uh, how we thought that would work and what we figured would be sort of a fair idea but we also tried to predict what apple might do and it, it, it's it's fair to say they, they kind of surprised us a little bit haven't they with with what they've gone for yeah i mean i i think i actually speculated on the show a few when we were talking about it that because this thing that someone noticed in their purchase history where it said 4k hdr mm. and hd in their purchase history it was like they're not just gonna like and um, make everything 4k that was hd are they and yes they are um now my concern over the last couple of days has been that detail has been a bit thin on the ground about what films are going to be 4k and when now on the apple website they specifically have pictures of logan and wonder woman on there and on in the keynote they showed a clip from spider-man homecoming which i thought was interesting because that's distributed by sony but disney distribute basically all other marvel films they're not one of the partner studios launching with this so i thought that was a bit of a weird we're gonna make people think that marvel are in when they're not uh, which is which I thought was a little cheeky, um, but I am a little bit concerned that there has been no word on what 4K iTunes content is actually going to launch with it as of next Friday. I, I, I'm thinking it will probably be a case of I'll plug it in next Friday and I'll find out what 4K content I've got then. Yeah, it, it, there, there is that. I was I was actually talking to to Beck Spider the other day and was was sort of mentioning it and saying that. Um, Saying that it, 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 it was quite disappointing for people when they've been promised 4K bits if they're going to turn it on and go, right, brilliant, I've got a library of 200 movies like Let's See Yourself on iTunes, and then going in and three of them are available in 4K would be a bit of a, oh. Uh. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a high barrier for entry. It's £179 for the 4K Apple TV which is a piss take, frankly. And the only reason why I am comfortable with it is the fact that I know that over time, 
Like yeah. I was thinking I was going to have to pay 20 quid for a 4K film. If I know I can get away with like 13.99, that shit will add up. That's it. And as, as well, to an extent almost, it's like you're paying 180 quid, I suppose, for a device and not only a device um, that you know that, that, that you, you know you're going to use a lot but you're also kind of saying oh well along with that I'm actually getting um, all of this this content as well so you know you, you potentially I mean like I was saying you, you could potentially plug that in load it up and you could have 25 4k films instantly out of nowhere yes you've already bought them but you've not bought them 4k and so there's almost an investment in that i suppose in an extent as well yeah i mean and also frankly this should be the last streaming box you'll need for the very much foreseeable it's it's going to be compatible with hdr 10 and dolby vision which essentially are the two standards of high dynamic range, so that's fine. You get yourself a Dolby Vision TV at some point, you'll, you'll be good, you're set. Um, they haven't said anything about the sound yet, but it wouldn't be too hard to do Atmos, so we'll see how that goes. Um, and, yeah, I mean, like, the, the, the thing that I find stunning is the whole HD same price as 4K, and I wonder if that's because they know that there's quite a high barrier for entry already. I mean, like Logan is 9.99 on iTunes at the moment. It's not it's a tenner. If you're telling me that 9.99 gets me Logan in 4K and a bunch of extras, that's fucking ridiculous. I mean, that's great ridiculous. Um it, it, it is um and it's it, like you say it if it puts an end to I suppose to the 9.99 release, it, it it's quite an ambiguous sort of statement saying they're going to be the same price as um, as they'll the just, HD. They'll copy. just bump up the prices of the HD ones. That's yeah. that's literally what they will do. Mm. They they're going to do that. I think nine ninety nine goes bye bye, and I think they'll blame Brexit as well. Um, you know, yeah, it'll just be like rising costs, blah blah blah. They'll 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 basically like soak it in that. I think you're looking at. Thirteen ninety nine and like maybe even fifteen ninety nine going forward, depending on the studio. Um, yeah, but you know what? With iTunes extras and stuff like that, I'm 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 as com- I'm, I'm comfortable with that anymore. And I would think nah. But if you're telling me Spider Man Homecoming four K bunch of extras fifteen quid versus playing tw- uh, twenty quid for the four K Blu Ray. Yes, the 4K Blu-rays can have better picture quality and audio quality. We know that, but I, you know, HD Blu-ray is also better than HD iTunes. And to be honest, I, I'm, I'm comfortable with it. it, it there is, there is that, but it's a fiver. It's a fiver per film minimum. You're looking at saving. Yeah. There um, straight away a fiver per film. Plus, you've got the other thing of. And it, it sounds small, but you've got the thing of having a store the fuckers as well. Yeah, one hundred, one hundred percent. And I mean, it, that's the thing. It's it is a ball ache as fucking first world problems as it really is. It's a ball <laughs> ache these days to go up to your shelf and 
put in the disc and stuff when you can literally just tell Siri to stick it on, which I do a lot. You know, and... well, that, that's yeah. It, it is. It is. I mean, I'm, I'm in the process at the moment of, um, of of getting rid of a lot of my Blu-rays, hmm. um, and it's a. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. It's a mildly painful process uh, in terms of it's. It's a little bit like kind of don't want to get rid of them because I don't like getting rid of things that I've collected. But then I'm very much of the other opinion of, well, do you know what? They've just sat on some shelves in my understairs cupboard and I hardly ever fucking watch them. And so I've made an agreement to myself that I'll sell them. uh, And the ones where, if I had it on Blu-ray and I decide one day I want to watch it, I'll just buy it on iTunes. Yeah, there you go. I mean, that's exactly it. I mean, it just... My only quibble with iTunes at this point is the fact that I I think their catalogue does have some omissions. I find it staggering that Studio Canal have not put Studio Ghibli on iTunes yet. I mean, there's there's two. Yeah. Um, the, the Castle of Cagliostro and it like by all accounts it's an awful copy. And uh, so I, I, there's something else, but I can't think for the life of me what it is. Um, but yeah, so th- there's that. But I think that will come as well. It w- it will come, you know. Like it, it, Ghibli, like the G- Ghibli rights holders would be mad to not release stuff digitally. It's just yeah, a matter th- of that's one. that's clearly that's clearly just involved in some kind of little fucking thing to and fro. Yeah, yeah. It no, is I what mean, there. That's exactly it. So 179 quid. I'll sell my Apple TV. I mean, like the Apple TV I've got is still gonna be like 129. Um, the remote, the glass is a little bit smashed on the bottom, but it's fine. It hasn't completely broken off or anything. So yeah, I sell my Apple TV. I get 80, 80 quid, say, for my Apple TV, £100 difference. And then I've got 4K, but I don't have to pay any extra for the 4K stuff. Great. It's a, it's, it's a win-win for you with this. I can see... I mean, to be honest, I, I, when, when you mentioned me, I got quite excited about it. I thought, ooh, this is nice. Um... You know, because it, now I have an excuse to get a 4K TV at some point. Yeah, I mean that, that's that, that that's exactly it, and like it just the fact that next Friday I will plug this in, and hopefully, you know, I've got over 200 films on iTunes. If I've got 24K films, that would be amazing. Yeah, you know that that that'd be wonderful. But we'll see. I mean, like. I, I, obviously I'll be talking about it on the show in a couple of weeks time anyways we'll probably leave it there, there yeah. for now but um, yeah good stuff and I, I will just say iPhone 10 looks like a beta product iPhone 8 plus all the way I'll wait until they release one with all the kinks worked out next year thank you very much yeah I'll, I'll, I'll just wait for an upgrade and get whatever fun out at that point Face ID <laughs> um, is not going to be nearly as good as Touch ID last thing sorry Face ID yeah I don't, I don't, I, I, I just, I cannot think of anything worse than whenever I want to unlock my phone, having to hold it up to my face. I'm just fucking looking at it, yeah. What, how, how, how is that easier than how I do it now, which is I've picked up my phone right now and I've just put my, I've just put my thumb on it and it's opened, right? How is that, how is, how is open it and going and looking at it, 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 it's just, it's uncomfortable. I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't like looking at them. I don't. I, I. Do you know what one of the worst things that happens with my phone is when I accidentally put my camera on and I see my own face. I'm like, oh fucking hell, no. Yeah. Oh, I don't like that. 
Um, that I hate that. If I have to do that to open my phone, I'll just I'll just not open my phone. There you go. Yeah, I mean, I it feels that that shit feels rushed to me. It, it like and that notch thing on the top as well. Just uh, nah, nah, not feeling it. Um, anyway, sorry. Uh, yes, um, well, trailers, Ian. Uh, what have you seen this week? Yeah, man. Um, so Ridley Scott has got another film coming out. Fucking hell, I know. <laughs> That's just that what? Motherfucker. How old is he? Is he like 70? He's 70, yeah, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, man. Oh, I mean... God, he, he, you can't criticise the guy. He works. Yeah, I mean, it's. It, I mean, it looks good as well, man. Like... Yeah. That bit... I mean, did you see this trailer? Yes, I did, yeah. Yeah, so all the money in the world. It's like... It starts off and it's like, okay, like, rich, rich people, son kidnapped, yeah, fucking great, whatever. And then just at the end, like, will you pay... How much would you pay to, like, to have your, have your grandson freed? <laughs> Nothing. Right, that's a character I want to learn about, <laughs> you know? It's just... Well, yeah, John Getty's a prick. Yeah, man, I mean, fuck... Kevin Spacey, holy shit, that is, I mean, I I don't know, I mean, he's, you know, Michelle Williams and Mark Wahlberg are decent actors, but it kind of looks like Kevin Spacey's just going to fucking run away with this thing, and he says one word in this trailer. Yeah, um, I'll be honest, I, 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 I always have a bit of a, makes my teeth itch when people are overly prosthetic in things. And the thing is, he didn't look it in the shot where he delivers the line, but in the shot where they announce, where they kind of say, "And Kevin Spacey is John Getty," it was a little bit like, "Oh God, he's very heavily made up." But then, luckily, when it came back round to him saying nothing, he didn't look too made up in it. It, it, it kind of it, it looked a little more toned down, but it's it looks like an interesting. I mean, it's an interesting story, uh, but yeah, like I know it's saying it's going to be space you'll probably have about eight minutes screen time and i'll fucking steal the movie yeah i mean i it, i'm i'm very very intrigued by this um so yeah i mean it looks like high class high production value solid adult drama that's not trying to be not trying to be an indie not trying to be a world changer but it's going to be a really interesting story so yeah why not yeah and and it <laughs> Fucking Ridley Scott has got a he's got a mojo at the moment. I haven't you know don't know I didn't get on the Covenant, uh, but I've liked you know the Martian. I liked I actually like God's. Um, oh, Exodus, Exodus Gods of Kings, man, that's a solid flick. Gods of Kings. I, I, I liked. I thought it was it, it was a, a good film to be honest. So um, I need to go back and rewatch um, the Counselor at some point. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I remember that film making my teeth itch actually. But we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah I, I would like to revisit it. Um, okay, I, I might revisit it before this comes out. Okay, yeah, no, actually, that sounds like a good. Um, yeah, that sounds like a worthy go actually. Yeah, no fair dues. Um, okay, uh, I also watched um, oh the trailer for the commuter, the new um, the new Liam Neeson one. Uh, I've not seen this. Is it? Is it? Is it just Liam Neeson stock action film? Well, yeah. I mean, he doesn't look particularly actiony in it. It looks. I mean, like obviously it's um one I Colette Sarah um, and like it's got that kind of like 
mystery angle to it that particularly unknown had. But it, it this this trailer doesn't look like there's going to be an awful lot of ass kicking. Um, I'm I'm intrigued enough. Apparently, I, I think it's U.S. cinemas in January. I think it might be U.K. as well. It it feels like solid antidote to Oscar-y stuff. Yeah. Kind of flick. To be fair, it looks like a good wintry, like Friday night at the cinema kind of thing. So yeah, I'm I'm down for it. Why not? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so I watched the trailer for... Oh, yeah, Red Sparrow. Um, yes. Yeah, uh, this is a thing. Yeah. This is a thing I like the look of. It looks very fucking interesting, doesn't it? I, I, I must admit, the first first sort of 10, 15 seconds of the trailer, I was watching it going, mm, not feeling this. And then when you realise that, oh, she's like some kind of super assassin... Like, haven't we had enough super assassin movies recently? And then it's kicked in a little bit more of a trailer. Like, ah, oh, yeah, but now Joel Edgerton's there, so Jennifer Lawrence and Joel Edgerton are in it. And then it carried on going. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah, I want to see this. Yep. <laughs> this, is, this looks this looks interesting. Yeah. Um. I. It, it just. It looks very. It, it, it looks quite arousing as well, to be honest. So, and you know, I, I like my my, my um, filthy thrillers. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, good. Um, trailer for the current war, uh, which is the new one from the guy who did me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Um, All so, right. Uh, which is very different. Um, so it's about the battle between um, Nikolai Tesla and Thomas Edison. Um, Ooh. And it's Benedict Cumberbatch as Thomas Edison and Nicholas Holt as fucking Nikolai Tesla. Um, you see, that, that sounds like it's either... It, 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 that sounds like it could either be perfect casting or the kind of casting you get in a uh, Funny or Die video. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, quite. Um, but it's both at the same time. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, man. I mean, it, it looks. I, I mean, like the word is that it's. I, I, I think. I, I think the word is that it's not great, but I, I don't know. Like that's. It's a subject matter that's interesting, um, and Michael Shannon's in it as well. So. Oh, you know, it's, it's it's a good cast, and you know, I, I, as as um as we talked about on playing it forward a little while back, I really rate me and Earl and the Dying Girl, so I'm I'm up for seeing what this guy can do. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, and... The last... Uh, I think this is the last one. So, yeah, uh, The Disaster Artist. Oh, no, actually, well, Coco as well. Coco looks all right. I'll watch Coco. I will take Lottie to see Coco. Um, yeah, Coco looks... All right, yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's uh, it. But what looks fantastic is the disaster artist, uh, which just looks like everything I want it to be. It look, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, uh, it's and I, I like the fact that that like it, it like it's, they're painting Tommy Wiseau as a figure of fun, but also someone who got shit done, which to be fair, he did. Um, and, yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, I, 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 that poster still fucking has me howling. 
just like the fact that the the, the poster is literally my, uh, Franco as Wiseo against the green screen with the words "I did not." Oh hi, Mark! Like <laughs> above him, it just it's a uh, uh, god. I mean, it's I fuck. I'm really looking forward to that, and it's. It's the film of the of the award season that if it disappoints me, I think I'm just going to be in a bad mood all week. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that. I, I I don't think it's going to. No, I don't think it's going to either. I am f- fucking the bit where he's shagging Harry Grainer, and it's like, does he actually <laughs> does he know where a vagina is? <laughs> Yeah, Rogan looks like his, his delivery line, his live delivery is going to be perfect for this film. Yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm really intrigued. Uh, I, it just, it looks fun. It looks like Greg Sestro and Tommy Wiseau are happy with it as well. So good on him. You know, fuck it. Well done. Yeah, I think, I think that is Wiseau is just happy that he's going to be in the limelight again. Yeah, quite. And I, yeah, I mean, that, I don't know. Good on him. Good on him. I don't know whether I'd be able to sit through the room again, but good on him. Yeah, I don't know whether I'll, 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 I don't know I fucking want to. <laughs> Have you seen it? Yeah, I think it's. I, I, I just think it's a shit movie. I don't think it's a good shit money movie or a fun shit movie. I just think it's a shit movie. Yeah, fair enough. All right, no, that's a, that's a, a fair angle to. It's take. One of those where I, I can't. I, I just I can't get my head around the fact that it's it's got the. I could I could never understand. I don't know if wanting to watch it out of curiosity as a cure or anything like that. But how anybody could watch it twice and could pay to go and see it at a cinema baffles me. I mean, we we've watched it. Donna and I have watched it a couple of times, but the second time was like just pissed with a friend that we thought it'd be funny to show it to him, mm. and we had a good time. So which is, you know, which is fair enough. Yeah, that, um, that, that, that's that's an excuse for watching it a second time. But then you get people who actually seem to actually kind of rate it as some kind of cult classic and it's it, it, it's it's just not it's a shitty film yeah um, the, 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 the film about it is going to be a lot better than the actual movie I would I would like to see these people actually remake The Room yeah that would I, I'm surprised Franco hasn't already done that to be honest but uh, you know, I think you know. that, that was the start-out idea for Disaster Eyes, wasn't it? it? Was, no, it wasn't really, was it really? Yeah, it was the start-out idea was to remake the room. And then they decided that it actually would be more fun to make the story of the making of the room. Oh, shit, okay. Okay, fair enough. Um, okay, I'm Have done. you got any, any more? No, no, I'm done. Go ahead. Um... A couple more. Um, the Red Band trailer for The Shape of Water. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Still still not sure where I am with this movie, but I want to see it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and what are the other ones? Um, uh, three billboards outside Evian, Missouri. I'm looking forward uh, to that. I'm very much looking forward to that. I... I I have a feeling, because that's been pushed back a couple of times, I have a feeling that's getting pushed back towards awards season. There's no way a McDonald movie is, is winning a big award, apart from maybe screenplay. screenplay. Yeah. But yeah. Frances McDormand in Best Actress 
is a possibility. And yeah. also, um, Jesse Plemons uh, plays quite a big supporting role in that, apparently. And he's very good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay, good. I hope he has more to do than he did in American Made. Yeah, so our, when we predicted a, a few weeks ago that we reckoned that at some point there'll be a film where people go, God, he's fucking good, isn't it? And that'll be it. it, it it'll, it'll appear in loads. I have a feeling that could be the movie. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and the full one yeah. is the trailer for the trailer for Fifty Shades Freed. Oh, actually, yeah, no, I saw that as well. Um, shit, I mean, we're going to watch it, aren't we? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wonder if this is going to be in 4DX. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, there'll be a, a, a spot where it tells you you have to make sure you sit in a certain spot. <laughs> oh, I wonder if there's a splash zone. <laughs> oh god uh, <laughs> I couldn't see that in 4DX I wouldn't uh, <laughs> cool <laughs> I need to get a bit more composure now uh, yeah it looks well do you know what it, it looks like the, the last installment of the Fifty Shades movies <laughs> it, it's just the film that everyone knows is coming and no one cares about and I mean we, we like the Fifty Shades films yeah. but I couldn't give a fuck <laughs> but yeah I was like fine I'll watch it and, and Anastasia and what's his name why not I'll watch the a bit thing, more of that the thing is I, I, I watched the trailer and went yeah I'll be there on day one yeah, yeah, I don't know, I'll I mean... There. I'll be it's... there first screening, because I think, do you know what? I went to the first screening in New York of Fifty Shades, uh, of, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, I went to the first screening in New York of Fifty Shades Darker, I'm going to go to the first screening in New York complete of the trilogy. Shades Yeah, it just, it just makes sense. I hope Bassinger's back, man, like, because it does kind of seem to be like it's going to be the fucking ex-boss who... Uh, like oh no, back passengers. But basically, it, basically, it is back. Oh, she is. Oh, great. All right. The character's there. I'm sure she is. Good, 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 good. That's fine. Cool. Right. Uh, so, are we done with trailers? I believe we are. Cool. Right. Uh, well, we shall move on to the first of our feature um, film reviews. Um, and we are joined for this review by our Stephen King correspondent. <laughs> uh, Hello, everybody. We might have to move a little bit closer for my iPad recording because of my laptop issues. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to review um, the Stephen King film It, directed by Andy Machete, and starring, who did it star? Bill Skarsgård and a load of kids. Yeah, there's the one from Stranger Things and yeah, there's others. The one from Stranger Things, there's the one from something else, and there's the one from something else. But it's just, it's kids. There's some kids in it. There's the ginger girl that looks about five years older than the rest of them. There is the ginger girl that looks like five years older than that. I'm glad at some point in the film they managed to look extremely like Molly Ringwald. <laughs> um, so, yes, um, story of it is it's set, weirdly, it's set 27 years after the Release. book is set and after the. Um, 
TV miniseries is set. Yeah, the release of the film is 27 years after the miniseries was released, and the book is set. We worked it out, didn't we? Near as damn it, 27 years after the um, after the book's set. So obviously, 27 is quite an important number in the book and the story and the film and whatever. With it being 27 years between its uh, manifestations. So, yeah. So, um, so, so the uh, just just to get it straight in my head, then. So, the 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 kids section in this is basically the same year as the adult section in the miniseries. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. That's a good. That's a good little thing. Okay. It is, it's, it's a good weird little Easter egg that's in there. But we we sat down and worked it out, didn't we? And so I went, hang on a minute. Ooh, that's quite. It's nice touch. It's yeah. a nice little touch, yeah. Um, so, it had been in development for quite a while. Originally, uh, it was Gary uh, Pugliano was going to direct, but then it was passed over to Andy Machete. And it's the story. Um, Georgie is a young boy, and uh, he's, his brother Bill makes him a little sailing boat that he goes out and uses in the in the rain. It goes into a storm drain, and in the storm drain, we are introduced to Pennywise the clown. Uh, and I, I don't think we need to really go into that much of the synopsis of it because I think people people know it. Don't they? Let's be honest. I think people have seen um, it. I think people have seen it. It has it has made a fuck ton of money. <laughs> it, it could be classed as. Uh, but uh, Ian, what did you think of it? Yeah, I mean, I I really enjoyed it. Um, I. I thought it was, I thought it was a bit. I, I thought it was a bit long, uh, to be honest. Even though I think it doesn't help that the the third act, I don't think is quite as strong as some of the stuff before it. Um, even though saying that, the first act you've got to have the each kid get scared by it, kind of one after the other for like a solid fifteen minutes at one point. That felt a bit. There's a lot to cram in there. Um, I mean, mm. the book majoritively the kids stuff. So if they're going to try and do it, I mean, following the same formula as the TV miniseries, essentially having two parts, one as kids and one as adults, has, has dictated that there's an awful lot more to fit into this one than there will be to fit into the second one. The, the, the word is that the second one's going to have like flashbacks and stuff. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they try and juice up the... Like, because one of the things that I think works is the Stranger Things kind of nostalgia for the eighties, and I think if you can put some more of that in Chapter Two, that's going to please people. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was it, it was a strong part of the film. The fact that it's, um, I think I just talked at Bex about it after the film and saying there's almost like an Amblin meets New Line Cinema kind of vibe to it. Spot on way of um, it, that. Yeah. Yeah, which which was which was really cool and. Um, you know, I, I think that's. I, I, I actually said similar to you that I thought it was a little bit, a little bit too long. I felt that there was not, not a point where they could have cut. There was no point where you could have cut five minutes out of it, or you could have got rid of that character or that particular section. But I think they could have polished up um, fifteen, twenty seconds here, and maybe cut out ten minutes out of that. Essentially, I disagree with you on this. You I, I don't. I don't think that's the case. I think, again, coming from the perspective of reading the book rather than rather than just looking at it as a remake of the TV series, it's 
a lot of a lot of what makes it work is the stuff between the kids and the moments of levity between the moments of horror and the thing is what they would have done because the horror bits are essentially the set pieces they would have shaved it off the moments where it's just them goofing around Mm. and if you take that away then you take away they beat him by working together and being this this solid unit that he can't he can't he can scare one of them but then the rest of them rally around and the, the reason that they actually managed to semi-beat him is because they have this connection and then if you take all all the moments where that connection's been built away or shorten them or whatever then you don't get the same kind of feeling from it I don't think which is a, 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 a fair yeah I, I it's I, it's a difficult one I think I mean it's I, I don't know. I, it just it kind of discombobulated me as well. I don't know if this happened with with you guys actually, but so I went to see it last Friday and it was fucking rammed and it was a great atmosphere. I mean, like and fair play, people shut the fuck up um, and but reacted in the ways that they were supposed to. But as soon as they like, as Pennywise went back into the fucking drain, a load of people left. We had that happen actually, didn't we? We had a few people leave. I didn't notice anyone leave yeah, early yeah. on. I just noticed someone leave like five minutes before it finished. Yeah, when Penny went in the drain, they left. That's when they left. Do you mean right at the end, Ian, or do you mean... No, like, literally, like... He, like yeah, like it, it was almost like they knew that they weren't going to get the orgy, so it was like, fuck it, we're off. Um, oh, right. or, <laughs> So it was like, but like they went down. He went down the drain, and then it was like they were going recovering, and it was like, well, shit, all those kids are actually dead. Fuck, that's surprising. Um, but then, like, literally, maybe about twenty fucking people just left, and it was like, you, you've been here for like two hours, five minutes. Why don't you just stick around for the last five? You know? Yeah, we had a couple, a couple leaving, and thought it was a little bit like, yeah, this is the same thing, isn't it? It's like. Um, movie's not finished where, where are you going yeah so i mean that that kind of discombobulated a bit, me a bit towards the end but it yeah i it just the third act felt a little bit like right okay fine she's been kidnapped so now they're gonna have to fucking try and find her and yeah it, it, I, I thought there was some interesting stuff in there like the visual of um pennywise opening his mouth and then being like the fucking light in there i mean that was um that was surprising <laughs> I think it was a good way because the the lights are the the dead lights, um, which are mentioned I think in the in the TV miniseries and definitely in the book. Mm. Um, it's done in a really schlocky way in the TV miniseries. I'm, I I love it and I love I love it mainly for um, Pennywise in it, um, but it is it is kind of crappy in a in a kind of production way and i think they've slavishly with the tv miniseries tried to stick to as much of the book as possible and even when you're reading it there are some bits that feel a bit cheesy and then i think with this doing taking it in a different direction i mean there's so many bits in this that are different it's more of a inspired by the work of stephen king rather than an adaptation um it, it gets from the same A to the same-ish B, um, but it goes in a completely different direction. Um, but it's nice. The, the deadlights are quite a, a big part of the story, and to incorporate them in a way that just makes a bit more sense is, it's, I think it was a good way to take it. I think if they try to try to do it in the same way that they do in the book, 
it wouldn't have worked and you'd have had to have an RG in there and it just it would have been inappropriate. And especially considering the fact that, like you say, that girl looks way fucking older than the rest of those kids. And I, you know, yeah, I, I, I've seen a lot about the, the whole. Um, it's technically it's not an allergy; it's a train. Just point it out. There. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've seen a lot about the the, 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 <laughs> the, the lack of um, train um, in the in the film, and it, I feel a little bit like it's well for a start off. I, I remember when Becky told me about that, and I thought she was joking. And this was years and years ago when she told me about the what is it in the book. And I was like, are you, are you kidding? She's like, no, that's a bit fucking creepy. And, and, and I remember Bexie at that point said, it, it, it feels a little bit creepy, to be honest. Yeah. And it's kind of like, there's no way you could put that in a movie it, 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 of this kind. And also, there's no way, why, reason why you, you should. It doesn't, if you're getting out of the cinema, having just watched it, and you've gone, well, well, that was a big adaptation. Where was Mark? Where was her? Where was her just giving it up to all those guys? I can't believe they didn't put that in. It's like, well, I don't think they actually needed to. To be honest, I don't think anyone's disappointed that it's not in Some there. Some people are. Really? Yeah, some people are. Um, I think most of the stuff that I've read is people just relieved that they didn't take it there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, like to be fair, there would have been some sort of weird glee in seeing that fucking chubby kid like just get some. I don't know. The, kid, the kid who looks who looks like he's a, a good three or four years younger than the rest of them. Yeah, yeah. Even though, like the Jewish kids, it's like he's in the film so little and has so little interaction with her that it would almost be like what he just fucking like piles in at the end and says, "Well, if everyone else has had a go or something." Like just in terms I, of, I, I think I think he'd be a little bit like, I, 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 I kind of don't want to. Not gonna lie. I just don't want to. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. Like, I just, I, I, I don't know how it's written in the book, obviously. But and I, that kind of points to one of one of my criticisms of this. And you know, they, they have to do quite a lot in a two and a quarter hour film. But uh, Mike, the kid on the farm, and the Jewish kid, yeah, they get, just get, don't get, get much to do. No. And it feels Mike, like Mike a could... very extended cast for what they have. Yeah, Mike could not be any more of the token black kid in this movie at all. He it literally is. It feels like that. He's, he's not developed at all. Whereas they give quite a lot of development to to, to, to Bill, which is, is clear because it's kind of like virtually his film. And to um, is it Stan, the, the neurotic kid? Yeah. Eddie. Eddie, sorry, Eddie. Yeah, Stan's I like the Jewish one, Eddie's, Eddie. Yeah, stands a Jewish one. Yeah, uh, I like the fact that Eddie isn't a a simpering um, kid. I, that he's he's kind of cool, but he's just got a lot of neuroses um, because of his his mother. Essentially, I thought that was a nice touch rather than making him a simpering little like sickly kid. Yeah, because he's not he's not a wet end in the book like he is in the TV miniseries. Yeah, he's you know he's kind of a cool kid that just happens to get ill a lot but he doesn't actually get ill his mum just makes him think she is yeah so yeah i think that was quite nice i don't i don't quite understand why why they've changed mike's character as much as they have why they've made the changes that they have like he doesn't live with his grandparents in the book he lives with his mum and dad is not like this secondary character either like stan is in the book and the tv series um, more than the other characters but but Mike's quite integral to it, and he's the one that sort of has gathered all this information on the town's history, not Ben, 
And I don't really understand why they've made those those particular changes. At, unless it's because, obviously, Mike doesn't come into it until the rock fight um, as part of their group and they wanted to get some stuff in about the history of Derry before that. That's the only thing I can think of. But I honestly can't see why they've, they've done the whole bit with his parents being dead. Maybe just to give him a fear point. Mm. Which I, I can agree is flimsy, but there are flimsy kind of bits in this. I just think that what they've done is they've created a very well polished uh, and very well marketed um, solid horror film. Mm. Well, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there, there, there are there are small issues that I have with it, like some of the changes that they've made with regards to the characters. But I absolutely loved it. I thought it was fantastic. No, I mean it's the the, the thing is. I didn't find it particularly like scary, but I was, I was impressed by how intense quite a lot of it was. The, I mean, the bit with the, um, oh, fucking what do you call it? The the the, the projector, um, and yeah. like, how that builds and builds, and then when it when it kind of breaks out, it then sustains that for quite a long time as well. Mm. Um, I, I I I I did like how messed up that got and the whole and again it's very ambling but like kids being in like real danger kind of thing they're really not afraid to do that with this um and it 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 is pretty fucking balls out at points um it's just i think if you watch a lot of horror films maybe some of the beats for the scares are quite obvious yeah and and that that, that's a fair a fair thing but it's it's kind of like I, mean, I wasn't in the same thing. I, I didn't find it particularly scary, but but um, and I, I scare quite easy at, at horror films. Um, but I did find it fun in in, in a term yeah, of one hundred percent of the scares of the fact that they didn't they didn't get me, but I still enjoyed and could appreciate them. And it's a it's clear that there's a it's you almost feel a little bit like it kind of has no, no, the movie has no right to be actually quite as good as it is because it's, it's a bit of a, without wanting to shit on the story, it's a bit of a trashy novel Mm. from from what I understand. Yeah, it is one of his more eyebrow works. And it's, it's taking beats obviously from the the, the novel and it's also taking beats from the miniseries as well. And the miniseries is fun and nostalgic and well but it is a bit shit. Crappy is a bit strong. Crappy, but I, 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 we've watched it numerous times. I still yeah. enjoy watching it, yeah. but it is a bit crappy. And it is partly the, what is it, it's the nostalgia thing because it was a, it was a, it, the, the, the TV miniseries was a thing that you watched, was on an eight on Channel 4 or whatever, maybe once every 18 months, and then. And the next fucking day, everybody spoke about it at school. It was that kind of thing. What what elevates the miniseries is Tim Curry. It would be it wouldn't be anywhere near as well loved as it is. If no, probably not. His performance is fantastic, and the thing is, because I've I've reread it numerous times, and it's always Tim Curry as Pennywise that I see when I'm reading those scenes. He he is ingrained in my mind as being Pennywise, which is why I was so concerned when the pictures started coming out of. Bill Sarsgaard as, as Pennywise because it, it just doesn't look the same but I think he really nails it to be honest I thought he was very good at it. He, he, had a, he had a certain creepy playfulness to yeah. it 
I think um, just before we get off the topic, topic of whether it's scary or not, um, I read something the other day about um, about it that I think really kind of gets gets it right, which is that it's not so much a scary story as it's a story about people being scared. And if you empathise with the people, you feel that along with them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's... It's not that's... So much yeah, it's, it's not so much that you're scared watching it, but you're scared for them in that situation. I mean, that that's it. I mean, the thing is, Mark hates kids, so it's um, it, it, it's a real. I, I I imagine he just sat there, stony faced and dead inside. Um, but <laughs> the the fucking start with Georgie. Yeah. Just like the way that he's a bit freaked out by Pennywise, like he's not completely convinced. Yeah, uh, you yeah, know, like, it just it makes it worse. Um, he really has reservations, but he just he just really wants that fucking boat back, doesn't he? Straight up, you know, and um, yeah, and, and, and just oh, hello, you're right. Oh yes, please. Is she asleep? <laughs> Ten seven. Bloody hell, sweet. Okay. Oh god. Um, sorry, Lottie started school this week, and she's been asleep like really early, and it's been amazing and terrifying. <laughs> Um, anyway, um, sorry. Very cute uniform, by the way. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, no, she, um, yeah, she wears the shit out of that uniform. Fair play. Um, but um, yeah, anyway, so yeah, it, it just so that that that's the thing, it, and and then you know later on when that the, the one kid like basically breaks his arm, and oh, by the way, as well, Georgie getting his fucking arm bitten off. Jesus Christ! Yeah, come out of nowhere, like. It just it's it's mean, but it's this weird. It it manages to toe the line between being actually upsetting and fun really well. Um, yeah. Even though it, it kind of went more upsetting in the opening sequence for me, but later on, like when they're in that house, it is kind of weirdly fun. What in the in the scary house? In yeah. Evil? Yeah, but it, it, there is. It is. Like the it doors, is though, like the like the doors they have to pick, like the not yeah. scary, really well, scary. That was brilliant. It's carrying on the kind of the, the the Pennywise is supposed to be kind of mischievous. That's I think that's kind of missed a little bit in the miniseries. But he's supposed to have this kind of that side to him, and it's kind of playing with that and taking it on like a funhouse kind of vibe, isn't it? Yeah, no, that, that's that, that's exactly it. I mean, there were elements of this that reminded me of Drag Me to Hell, just in the kind of, like, the whole having quite a lot of fun just fucking with the victims. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, and, it, yeah, it's... It, even though Drag Me to Hell has, an, like, an intensity to it that I, I still remember now, like, that film gets its fucking scares down. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, yeah. Um, but, yeah, sorry, guys, continue. Yeah, and just saying, uh, the, the, in terms of the cast, I think all the cast are pretty solid. All the kids, none of them are, none of them are glaringly bad. Um, there's different levels. I don't of, think of, any of them are even remotely bad. I, I think I think Chubbs um, could, could could have been a little bit better, I but think I don't. He's really I think good he's as, as Benny is. He is how you imagine him in the book. Hmm. But the standouts are. And Chubbs, anyway. Why? Um, it's why? Just fine. Uh, but the um, I think that the. The girl and the kid who plays Bill are the, the kind of standouts for the kids to me. I know, I thought the kid out of Stranger Things was really good as Richie. He's not quite as out there as he is in the other two iterations of this, but he I think he's he I think he's quite good in it. 
There was bits actually um, where, because I, same as when, when we went to see Dark Tower, I said to Mark when we came out, tell me what you think first because I'd like, there's certain bits that I think don't make sense if you haven't read the books, but I don't know whether they need to make sense or whether you, whether you can just skim over those if you haven't read it. Um, like the bit where he says, beep, beep, Richie, that's like a big thing in the book because they all say it to him to shut him up and then Pennywise says it to him. But there's no like context for it in the film. But I think it's just, if you, if you don't know that reference, you can kind of just skim over it, can't you? Yeah. It's just a thing that he said that doesn't make any sense. It, it, mm. it's, it's not annoying to the, to, to the book readers. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it, it's, um, I don't know, it's so weird that there's been two Stephen King adaptations in the space of a month, and they've both gone so differently in, in terms of, like, what's happened after they've come out. Like, I feel really bad for the Dark Tower. Well, the thing is, it is, I could see the Dark Tower getting a sequel now based surely on the fact that that they can go, you know what, we can get a little bit of extra cash out of this because people are going to want to see Stephen King movies. But they, the, the thing they, is, they, it's, it's going to be Stephen King horror films, though. That That's the thing. Like I, That is, that is the other bit. I, got, I dread to think if somewhere Warner Brothers are thinking Shining remake. I think, well, the, the next one... I don't think they'll touch that one. They might do the sequel... Oh, Doctor Sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You've got the next one coming up is the uh, Mike Flanagan Netflix Gerald's film game. of Gerald's Game, isn't yeah. it? And then there's the J.J. Abrahams um, TV series uh, yeah, Castle Rock. Mr. Mercedes is on America. Mr. Mercedes America. Mr. Mercedes on 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 Next October, I think, are they looking at that? I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be 2019. Like it's not been. It's not been written yet. So, like I think there are ways out. Well, that, that's that's it. it. You know that, and I think um, Andy Machete, was it, you were saying, Bex, he's looking at doing Pet Cemetery. Yeah, he wants to do Pet Cemetery. So we're going to get a, a steady little slew of, of them, and I, I've seen a lot of people saying. Um, off the back of this, because we, we we do seem to be wrapping up on this a little bit, uh, is that um, it's it it will prompt studios now to start throwing more money at horror and, and, and doing horror, and you know it'll be a great thing for horror. But actually, studio horror is in a pretty good place at the moment as is. You know, I think it, mainstream horror has been better than indie horror the last couple of years, man. Uh, yeah, I we, maintain we, that. We, we, we've said this quite frequently, haven't we? Yeah. You know, the, with the Insidious movies and the Conjuring movies and the whole world that they've created, plus films like... Oh, um, Breast Bloom House. Oh, Breast like Don't Breathe yeah. um, and, uh, you know, Lights Out and things like that that were solid studio horror movies. Yeah. And we've gone back to the time of, like, that that kind of New England cinema, mid-80s, sort of early 80s time, where horror was something that, um, that studios did to, to earn a quick book, you know, it's um, you can make them for what is almost considerably peanuts, mm. but most of them make at least their money back, and every so often you get one that does like what it has done, and you know could could gross four hundred million by the time it's finished. 
I mean, that's the thing. I mean, like, they could make it chapter two with three times the budget, it make half as much, and they're still in the black like a motherfucker. Yeah. You know, they, like, they, they, they expect it to be big, they didn't expect it to be this big. No, well, no, I mean, like, the pre release tracking, Warner Brothers were saying we'd be good with about 60 we think about 60 and then as as it was like approaching release it was like it like they were saying like the prognosticators were going oh it'll be about 80 and then just over the weekend it was like this might do 100 okay it's going to do 103 and then it did like 120 in the u.s alone added a shitload internationally i mean uk biggest horror opening of all time yeah 10 million pound i mean that's that's insane. insane The thing is, I think it's 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 starting off from a really good um, a really good kind of base to jump off from because loads of people are scared of clowns and loads of people know that they're scared of clowns probably because of it. Even if they've never read it or seen it, they've seen the imagery and stuff like that. It is just one of those kind of things that's seeped into everyday culture um, as a as a work i suppose as a as a thing it's just everyone knows about it even if they've not seen the tv series or read the book they you know they know what who pennywise is they know kind of what the story is so there's that sort of um that saturation of oh it would actually be really quite interesting to see a new one um and the fact that it's been done really well the fact that it's tapping into this whole like you say this whole 80s nostalgia thing that's going on at the moment i think they've played a blinder with it to be honest yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It's, um, I mean, like fucking what New Line's marketing department must have been just rubbing their hands in how much bonuses they were going to be getting. It's just, it's fuck. I mean, between this and Annabelle Creation, I mean, like they've had an amazing month. And I mean, August and September, they're not horror months. You know, nope. like, like, I mean, what's coming out in October? Oh, it's fucking Jigsaw, isn't it? Jigsaw. Oh. <laughs> yeah yeah that franchise that will not fucking die the, the, and the thing is it's like i could see that making some money opening weekend and then and then dying a death and people being like well we don't need to do that again then do we you know i mean yeah and uh, to be fair that fucking weekend stranger things season two comes out so maybe good luck to it because i think i'd rather be watching 10 episodes of stranger things than going out to see jigsaw yeah true fuck man Uh, yeah no for sure um and actually i just gotta say as well pennywise the drooling he does and the way that his eyes go in separate directions when he's thinking (laughs) about the fear yeah that's such a weirdly cool directorial choice it, 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 Pennywise is really good in it, to yeah. be honest. And I, I, I personally found it quite scary. I know you didn't particularly, did you either, Robbie? But no. I actually found it quite scary. And there was a few points where I was like grabbing your hand on. Yeah, there was a few points where you're grabbing. But it's more because it's tense, I suppose. And it goes back to what I was saying. Like if you empathise with the, the children that you clearly hate. I don't. No, I, I don't empathise at all. But yeah, and like, and Bill's so sad about it. Well, bit. Yeah. Shouldn't have sent him out of the boat, should he really? No, he should be glad that he's no. <laughs> you are horrible. That's fucking <laughs> dark, man. <laughs> Did you see the kid that plays Georgie turned up to the premiere dressed as Georgie? Oh, no, he didn't, did he? Oh, God. He did. <laughs> In his yellow rings, looking and everything. 
Oh, he wasn't just going around saying your float too, was he? I don't know whether I'd be able to take I'm, that. I'd totally be doing that at the after party if I was him. Oh, fuck, man. <laughs> I'd be jumping oh, that out bit, that his bit window. That bit in the basement properly freaked me out, where he comes up out the water. That was, yeah, he had a good look on his face there, man. Like, he just looked like a shark. He was like, I want to eat the fuck out of you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, uh, I'm guessing all three of us are on definitely not shit with that one. Yeah. Yeah, man. 4K iTunes, day one. I got my pre-order in now before they jack up the prices. (laughs) Um, Our audience vote on that was definitely not shit, 79%. Nice. Touching cloth, 7%. Um, shit, 14%. Hi, Dan. Dan, hi, Dan. <laughs> um, so thank you very much for joining us for that, Bex. Nice one, Becky. We shall speak to you um, next when Gerald's game is released, I believe, in October. Yeah, I bet you're really disappointed with, with that, aren't you? What? Well, in the book, she's naked for the whole of it. <laughs> oh, that's, do you know what? Do you know what? First look at my fucking child train, and now I don't get... Probably I don't get... Boobs. Club G's fucking sweet titties <laughs> on, on, for two hours. I don't think it would have been very well marketable. It would have been, but it in a way. I'd have marketed the shit out of that. <laughs> I'm interested to see what they do with that. It's a really good book, actually. It's one of his stronger ones from that time period. Isn't it? I'm actually like, looking forward to it. Isn't it supposed to be like they've been saying it's really hard to actually adapt it? Or is that just because there's a yeah. lot of nakedness to it? Well, I, basically, it's her chained to a bed for the entirety of the book. So there's not an awful lot. A lot of it's what goes on in her head. So I can see that it would have been quite difficult, but, you know. To be, to be fair, I mean, did you see Hush, Becky? Did I see Hush? Yeah, you saw Hush, yeah. Which one was that? The Deaf Girl in the House. Oh, yes. I didn't... But- I, I think the whole kind of like if it's in her head. I mean, like to be fair, Flanagan's kind of got form with that for yeah. like through hush, you know. So fair play, maybe he'll actually crack it. Yeah, well, I think if he if he does a visual representation of the stuff she's thinking in the book, then I think it'll be fine. Um, the trailer it. looks the trailer looks really good. So you know, fingers crossed. It's another nice. one. That's that, that's yeah. not too far away, is it? No. no, it's only it's only about a month, so nice. They'll 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 market the shit out of that now based on this. Mm. Yeah, you'd think so, wouldn't yeah. you? Fair dues. It'd be stupid not to. But then that's again, it's not another like balls out horror like it is. There's there's not many, I suppose, that are like it. That kind of gory horror. The pet Cemetery is very similar in tone. Um, We're around the same time. Yeah, we? but Gerald's game is more psychological, so got to get people on board for something a bit more visceral i mean they they can just say from stephen king the mind behind it or something you know and like yeah. boom well yeah yeah it's, it's, it's an easy trailer now yeah mm. yeah right right i'll see you all later nice work. Thanks, Bex. Bye, um. we, we shall move on <laughs> we shall move on to uh the second review of our evening uh it's weird having no peach chat um yeah. uh which is the um like i said the, the directorial debut for taylor sheridan uh the guy who wrote sicario and hell or high water um 
stars Jeremy Renner, Elizabeth Olsen, um, John Bernthal turns up. Uh, the music is by Nick Cave and Warren Ellis, and it's fantastic. Um, so, based on the actual true story, um, the film opens up with a um, an Indian, not Middle Asia, Indian, Indian, Red Indian, um, woman running across um, a place in Wyoming, essentially, and running through the snow, and then a body is found by Corey Lambert, who is played by Jeremy Renner, the girl's body, obviously, um, out on the Indian Reservation, the Wind River Indian Reservation which obviously is a real reservation because it's based on a real story. I think it is the third biggest Indian reservation in the States, I think it is. Uh, he is, essentially he works for the, the um, Wildlife, I think, Commission, uh, and he's a hunter for them. Uh, he has some ties to the Indian reservation because his ex-wife is from the reservation. Uh, there is already established very quickly, isn't it, that... Uh, um, he's got a son uh, and he had a daughter that has um, since passed and this starts bringing up memories uh, this girl's perceived murder um, and then Elizabeth Olsen comes in uh, as a member of the FBI to kind of investigate uh, and see whether or not it's actually a murder or not and ends up investigating said murder. We'll get more into the story as we go because it's quite a, there's a lot of depth within the story um, going on is what I'll say there. Uh, um, Ian, uh, what are your thoughts on, on Wind River? Okay, so... Uh, yeah, I I enjoyed Wind River. Um, I... I think Sheridan... I mean, it's his first film. Um, I think he definitely... With this film, he's better as a writer than a director. Um, but I thought it was a, a pretty strong debut. Um it's that kind it, it's that kind of middle tier, mid budget adult drama thing that's getting squeezed out of cinemas uh, of late. Um you know, I I mean it, it it wasn't really playing that many places around here. It wasn't playing many places around around you. Um no. even though I know the, the distributor's actually new to the UK, which probably um doesn't help with that kind of stuff. Um but it, 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 yeah, I don't know. It, it felt like a, a kind of a rare treat to see something like this on the big screen, as, as did, to be fair, Hell or High Water and Sicario. You know, um, so it. The, the the thing is, it just it didn't quite do enough to really, really floor me. Um, I thought Elizabeth Olsen's character was set up to be quite interesting and then basically turned into shoulder to cry on for Jeremy Renner and then someone for Jeremy Renner to save. Um, so I was a little bit let down by that. I know you just mentioned the music. I found the music quite intrusive at times. Um, it the music or the score? Well, the fucking... When he was, like, when he was just, like, chatting, like... Like or like singing through yeah, the, the score. song. I, I I can see your point there. Like it was just like right, you know, the the music itself. Yeah, fine, but just him. It's like right, who's talking? Right, is this supposed to be like the, the almost like the, the the atmosphere talking or something? Is it? Yeah. Like I I was wondering if they were being that fucking 
maybe slightly pretentious about it, but maybe not. Um, but yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but saying saying all that, I, I mean, I, you know, I thought there were a couple of interesting touches. The first shot of John Bernthal and like the context of that. I thought that shit was really clever. Yeah, um, the way that you think that the, 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 the door is opening. You think that the, the fact that you don't know it's a... I remember, guys, we're all spoilers all the time. That you, you don't know it's a flashback at that yeah. point. You think that he's Pete, and he's not. He's Mike. It's Yeah, that was a really, a really clever, clever touch. Yeah, no, I mean, that, 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 that was great. Um, and... Yeah, I mean the the ending I thought was you know it, it was it was all right it was pretty good um, but again I think maybe just because they built up Elizabeth Olsen and kind of just kind of you know she she gets to show her spunkiness and whatnot you know and uh, but then the last ten minutes is ba- or the last twenty minutes is basically she's been shot she's on a bed or she's in a hospital bed and here's Jeremy Renner. Uh, so I, I was a little bit let down by that, especially when Emily Blunt was such a complex, three-dimensional character in Sicario. She felt kind of two point seven five D in this, um, and I would have—I ju- don't know—I would have just liked a bit more. Because in the end of the day, she's just young woman who shows her wits through the course of the film, and like gains the respect of those around her. Great seen that a lot anyway what did you see man sorry what did you think I might be might be my film of the year wow really yeah. really wow yeah. okay I loved it okay I did um, I, I I thought it was in a similar way to I really got on with Sicario and I really um got on with uh, Hello High Water. Um, I, I was the same with this. I think the, I can absolutely see your point. I think that it, he's a lot stronger as, remember, it, 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 we have to sort of caveat it with it being his, his first album as a director. Um, he's a lot stronger as a writer than he is a, as a director. Um, but he's, he's kind of done this frontier revenge trilogy um, of movies over the past few years with, with Sicario and, Hello, High Water, and then, and then this, which I think are, are three sort of quite spectacular movies, um, it, but very much in their individual ways. Um, I, I actually think that, that Elizabeth Olsen's character is actually quite interested in the fact that, as opposed to, sorry, to I, I actually quite enjoyed her and thought that it's her, her constantly basically just sort of saying, look, I don't really know what I'm doing here, so can you help me anything like that? But she always felt like she was very much in control of the situations, and it was almost like she was. She didn't have enough belief in herself that she was actually quite fucking good at it. And actually, the film actually at one point says this, where she says, "Thank you for saving me," and he goes, "I didn't. You kind of saved yourself a little bit." Yeah. You know, and when you look at it, it she does. She does save herself, and she does. Fucking, she gets shot in the chest from point blank range. And still manages to get a shit together to fucking take out other people. I've got to say, that moment got more of a reaction out of me than anything in it. Like, when that blast happened, I literally involuntary went, oh, fucking hell. You know? 
Well, that was it. It was. I mean, I, I was quite kind of like. Um, God, was the screen that I went to was, was very um, full, very full, uh, which was was quite heartening. Um, and I, I messaged um, you actually, in afterwards and said um, there was there was a number of of war counts because the scene where you have John Bernthal, um in it, the um, the flashback scene to how the to how Natalie's murder, I suppose, not happened, but the the situation how it escalated that created it mm. was fucking brutal. Mm. It was it was it was very. In terms of, he's got he's got form for this in the fact that he doesn't he doesn't blink at doing things that might be very uncomfortable to watch. You know, yeah. we've got the opening Sicario where you've got all the bodies inside the walls, for instance. It is, is a very uncomfortable thing, mm. um, and so you have that, and then there's bits in Hell or High Water is is it's just a very very bleak movie. I, 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 this was quite a bleak movie. It's it, it takes the place and basically it, it, in these three movies, uh, particularly more in Hell or High Water and, and Wind River than Northern Sicario, it's shining a light on a side of America that even America doesn't want a light, doesn't want to admit is there. Mm. It, 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 it adds things and says, look, there's the there's the glitz, there's the glamour, there's the nice places, there's the suburbs, and then there's the, the, the West. Did you also know there's these really fucking shitty, bleak, horrible places that are just infested with crime and drugs and murder and just all of this unpleasantness? that people have kind of got to create their lives around and most people don't manage it. And it's, there's a certain, he's very, there's no, there's an earnestness, I think, to, to, the, to the movie that's, that's there in the sense that it very much is telling its story and it's not afraid to, at points, teeter on the edge of melodrama. Um, there's no... There's no kind of cynicism or overt cleverness. This film doesn't give a shit if anybody on Twitter likes it. It doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's a good way of putting it. It yeah. gives a fuck. I think, I think it gives a fuck if print journalist critics rate it. Mm. But you don't give a shit if Slash Film likes it. Good it's, and, and, and yeah, it, it is good, and I think that it's it's nice that we've still got filmmakers coming through um, who are who are attempting to be proper auteurs without being um, stylistic auteurs, without having a a thing or a gimmick or not even a gimmick. Gimmick's too flippant a word. Um, without having. A, as, as a kind of a noticeable, recognisable quirk or style, it's very much he's he's his almost style is they're going to be bleak movies that he's going to give you, and this it's it, it's an oppressive movie to watch, and it's deeply uncomfortable, and it's not there's no happy ending, you know the happy ending is what he does to that guy. And when he says to him, you know, I, I'm going to give you a chance. 
and then you you, you you quickly kind of work out, oh fuck, he's gonna make him run off, and the fact that he says, you know, you'll what will you get? She got six miles. You've got six hundred feet, and I'm sort of thinking. Jesus, six miles. I couldn't run six miles. Never mind six miles in freezing cold temperatures when I've just been fucking gang-raped and I'm not wearing shoes. Well, I mean, that, that's... Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the end of the film, like, well, the last moment between Olsen and Renner is, like, really powerful as well. Like, mm-hmm. her breaking down when she kind of realises the enormity of that. The film and, should like, end in there. Yeah, the film definitely, definitely should have ended there. Yeah, the film should. I think the film should have ended there. Um, but I almost feel like that would have. It maybe would have been the better ending. But God, it'd been fucking dark, wouldn't it? It just. Yeah. Well. It's just the fact that the end of the film is like, right, you've got this character, you've got the father character who is in one of the film's best scenes earlier on. Um, mm. I mean, that's that's fucking staggering, that scene, where, like, like just the fact that he just looks so nonchalant and just yeah. don't give a fuck with Olsen, and as soon as he sees Renner, he breaks down. I mean, Gil Birmingham, man, he's a, he's a fucking good actor. He's a good actor, yeah. And then the, the the scene at the end where he's wearing what is it? The the, the pair is like, what's with the first pair? He's like, it's my death face. Mm. All right. But then he's like, right, <laughs> I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go clean this shit off. <laughs> you know, I just I like, yeah, I like that. But no, I mean, it, just the fact again, it kind of it it feels like right. So the end of the film is basically saying that the important thing is the relationship between Renner and the father, or something. And the father saying, oh. He, uh, whatever is the kid's name is called me today and it's a bit like chip chip i don't i don't really want the film to end on those two and there be like you know i want it to end on renner and olsen yeah i, it, I, I thought switch I the thought two that. scenes round switch the two scenes round yeah yeah you, you actually yeah actually that's that's spot on right it, it could have been i think i think the only thing is i think that I think that the original ending to the movie um, was um, was the the Olsen Renner ending. I think the other ending was added later on because I think that Taylor Sheridan wanted it to end it on the reservation because mm-hmm. apparently okay. in an interview with with, with um, uh, Taylor Sheridan. Uh, oh no, no, it wasn't Taylor Sheridan. It was Peter Berger in an interview with actually. Susan doesn't talk much about these things, to be honest. It's actually Peter Berg, who was one of the producers on the movie, mm. and he was saying that one of the advisors um, that was on on set, uh, so advised on, on all the complications there are with um, Native American law, because um, count, it's, there's a really weird situation of the fact that Local sheriffs and local police forces have no jurisdiction on native land. Only the native police have jurisdiction on native land. If you are a non-native and you commit a crime on native land, you can't be investigated by the native police. But the sheriffs and the local police also can't investigate it because it's on native land, so then it has to be investigated by state police, and they hardly ever want to go near native land mm. because it's a 
paperwork clusterfuck. And because of that, so many times crimes happen on native land that just don't get investigated. And not like petty crimes, like serious crimes. Mm. And Sheridan, I, I think from that, from reading between the lines, I might be talking absolute bobbins here. I think there's an idea there where I think he wanted it to end in that place because it's a film about that place. It's a fair shout, yeah. Which is the only way they can say that. However, I will concede, I do think the stronger imagery to end the movie on is essentially Elizabeth Olsen, who, can we accept the fact, is a fucking brilliant actress. Yeah. Um, really, she is... Whenever I see yeah. anything, she really is a staggeringly good actress. <laughs> Oh no, um, God! Yeah, I mean, like, Mar- I mean, like, fuck, man! I, I need to rewatch Martha Marcy May Marlene. I've got that on iTunes, man. I need, I, I do need yeah, to. Yeah, I, 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 I need to to rewatch that. I remember, I remember being deeply uncomfortable by it. Um, but yeah, so anyway, I'll, 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 I'll wrap up. But yeah, I, I thought that it was. I, I genuinely thought it was. It was. It, it got me, is what I'll say. Good, good. No, I mean, I it's, am thoroughly um, in with whatever the fuck this guy does, be it writing. Are directing. Um, I'm well on the fucking tail it showed and fucking train. I mean, I, again, to be fair, it was a film that I didn't check the time what once while I was watching it. You know, I'm getting better with that actually. But um, yeah, I didn't. Check no, that I, I, once, so I didn't either. Actually, I, I was. Yeah, I was very much. Yeah, it was. There was bits, and I admit the the scene in the trailer. I was very uncomfortable in. Oh um, God, yeah. And I could, and, and when. And the scene in the trailer is a is it is a rape scene and a beating scene, um, and it's that guy, the Pete guy, is seriously fucking. But even uh, what I'll say is that whole set piece where they all pull their guns on each other in the build up to that is tense as fuck. Mm-hmm. Oh god, you know yeah. something's gone on, and the only person who manages to keep their shit together again is Elizabeth Olsen's character. Mm. who basically in the middle of all of them going you don't have jurisdiction here you can't do it in the middle of all that she basically stands up and goes hang on a minute FBI actually I have jurisdiction over fucking all of you yeah 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 put your fucking guns away and the fact is they all kind of do you know that something's about to go on but it then explodes and you don't expect it to go from where it is and how sedate and bleak and sort of but in a very nuanced way it, it then goes fucking full ball very fucking quickly absolutely yeah I'm, yeah but I, I, I yeah I, I'm looking forward to seeing it again see if it wasn't just a, a very strong cinema experience or if it was essentially that I just really really got on with it yeah um, I, I think you'll still be there on it to be fair yeah uh, audience vote uh, definitely not shit 91%. Sweet. Uh, touching Cloth, 9%. Hi, Dan. Yeah, um, and as well, it's done It's done quite well, actually, as well. For the, for the limited release it's got globally, it's it's easy made its budget back and then some. What's it, about 20-ish? Uh, budget, 11 million. Yeah, like how much has it made? I think it's done about 20 in the US. 30 million worldwide so far. Yeah, yeah, good, good for it. Good for you know, it's, it. It's still got Canada to open out. It, it's they're very much that kind of 
serious Hollywood or essentially like the Weinsteins that have kind of gone, hang on a minute, we might have one here. We might have we might have one that's gonna produce big films for us um, in the coming years. And I have a feeling that he's he's gonna get he's gonna get given right as long as you're within as long as you keep on writing. 40, 50 million budget movies. You're gonna, he's gonna keep on making them for years to come. Mm. Yeah, no, very good, very good. I mean, it's number four in the in the US at the moment, so yeah, not doing too, too bad at all. They they released it at the right time as well, I think. Um, you know, I mean, God, it's made it's made a good amount more than Detroit. That's that's really surprising, actually. <laughs> Um, but I mean, God, Detroit. Yeah, Detroit's the runtime, man. I'm telling you, Detroit yeah. is the runtime. Well, it's why we haven't seen it. I think it is. It is why we, we, we both haven't seen it. I would really like to see it. I, I love Catherine Bigelow movies, but that runtime just fucking it, it it creates havoc with with listings. That is totally one where when they do the fucking iTunes pay twenty five quid and you get to see it at home. That's one. That's one of those ones where I'd actually think about that. Oh, well, I, I'd have paid twenty five quid to watch that. Mm, mm, Happily. Uh, so, Ian, um, what have you been watching this week? Cool. Uh, just to check, how long have you got, man? I'm I'm good. So, like, I, I, I'm good for for about another sort of twenty minutes. So, so I'm I'm good. Okay. All right. Um, okay. So, what have I been watching? Um, Okay, so uh, I did an impromptu instalment of Ian Gets Educated on the Patreon um, because Darren Aronofsky literally mentioned it in an interview as an inspiration for Mother. I watched Louis uh, Louis Spoonwell's The Exterminating Angel. Um, so that's on Patreon. I'm going to say nothing because that's for Patreon, folks. Uh, so I watched um, a double, an It's Double Bill. Um, I watched IT. Um, so Pierce Brosnan... He's, oh. he's a he's a really wealthy guy and he gets this IT guy in to save his ass at a presentation and then for some reason he's like, do you want to come around and look at my shit at home and see if you can speed up my internet connection and whatnot? And then he, like, this guy puts some dodgy firmware in his car and it's and it turns out this guy's a bit of a psychopath, and he, Pierce Brosnan basically doesn't let him fuck his daughter. So he's like, right, I'm going to make your life a living hell. And he turns his smart home against him. He turns his car against him. Um, and it's basically like a '90s tech thriller, but someone googled smart home. This <laughs> kind like it's it's kind of about it, really. Uh, it's on Netflix. Um, I think it, it kind of feels like it went straight to Netflix because I think it came out on iTunes like two, three weeks ago and it's already on Netflix. Um, and I don't I don't think it got a cinema release. Um, John Moore directed it. The guy who directed A Good Day to Die Hard and Max Payne and Flight of the Phoenix yeah. and whatnot. So, you know, he's he's not an he's not a no name. Um, it's rubbish, you know, but. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I got a couple of laughs out of it. Um, like literally, like this guy, like Pierce Brosnan, is like driving his car, insulting this guy, like driving really fast in his car, 
And wouldn't he be thinking, like, hang on a second, this guy put some, like, shit shit in my car, some, like, new G- military-grade GPS stuff. Maybe I shouldn't be driving really, really fucking fast and insulting this psychopath at the same time, because you know what happens? He makes him crash his fucking car like a treat. It, it's very, very silly. It's really fucking dumb. And it, it's, mo- a new, it's a new Pierce Brosnan movie. They're all kind of silly. He's trying to do the Liam Neeson taken thing, but still be as suave as he thought he was when he was Bond. And it, it's just been a little bit... It, I do feel a little bit like Pierce Brosnan is sitting down and going, Pierce, at what point did you think you were good? At what point did you, did you go, I'm actually quite good, rather than, oh yeah, I, I, I'm just late 80s, early 90s handsome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, like he was an executive producer on this as well, and it just, like, just stop it. Um, but it's on <laughs> Netflix. Like midweek, like if you're a bit, of, just a bit brain dead, and you just need something to watch, it's not, it's not the worst thing. But it's, it, you know, it's, it's pretty bad. Um, okay. Um, so better stuff. Um, dope. Uh, which is the the, oh. the Rick Fumiwara. I, uh, that's how I'm going to try and pronounce his name. So the guy who was going to direct the flash, um, kind of like made his name with, uh, dope. So bit of a festival favorite a couple of years back. Um, yeah, but I don't, probably. yeah, but I, I don't think it did very well. Um, a, a fam, fam, Rick Famu Iwa. So apologies. Um, I, I quite enjoyed this. Um, so basically story is it's free kind of, outsider kids who like night like early 90s hip-hop and the lead one has like a flat top haircut and stuff um they get into a bit of trouble when due to some happenings at a club one of them ends up with a shitload of dope uh, in his bag and um it's basically like uh, warring parties are after it and what's he gonna do it's this coming of age thing which like has some really good, interesting direction to it, um, which at the end decides it wants to be a really socially aware thing about how people aren't what they are on. And you can't judge a book by its cover, essentially. Yeah. And it really, really hammers it home in the last scene. And the film was an awful lot more subtle than it was up to that point. And it slightly took the sheen off for me a little bit. It it doesn't know whether it wants to be just quite a goofy coming of age teen comedy drama or this thing that has got shit to say. Um, and it, yeah, I don't know. It, it feels slightly torn, um, but I, I enjoyed it. It's on Netflix and it's, it's, it's worth your time. Um, cool. Yep, uh, another coming of age one, uh, The Edge of Seventeen. Oh yes, this was on uh, it's on Amazon Prime, I believe, is it? Yep, it's where I watched it. Um, so this is a very well uh, reviewed film from last year, uh, directed, written and directed by Kelly Freeman Craig. Uh, so Haley Steinfeld is a girl who seems to hate everyone and hate the world except for her best friend, but she catches her best friend fucking her, her brother one day. And um, it shit kind of goes down from there. Um, there's a very, very, very unrealistic depiction of uh, a, a 
schoolgirl and teacher relationship, not in a sexual way, just a funny kind of almost buddy relationship between her and Woody Harrelson. They're very yeah. good together, but I didn't believe what happened with their characters at all. Um, but the rest of it feels very authentic. Steinfeld is very, very good. She's very good. Um, and because, I mean, she's basically playing a character who's a fucking arsehole. Yeah. Um, but she also, it also kind of feels like, yeah, all right, you've been through some shit. I can kind of understand why you're being a dick. And you know what? You're going to learn to not be a dick through the film. Great. That's fine. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. I mean, when I watched it, it, it she, uh, her being a dick, because she's such a dickhead in it. It, mm. it was, it was really fucking grating on me. Um, but then it, it, it justified itself later on uh, when she's having the, when she's essentially the fucking breakdown over the brother. Yeah. And basically admits the fact that she's just, you realize that she's not actually a dick. She's just, she's essentially got some kind of post-traumatic stress disorder because of what happened and then it becomes a little bit heartbreaking that that so massively changed her personality that she became something that all she knew what to do was just be a dickhead yeah yeah quite no it's um yeah i mean i'm 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 not i wasn't i wasn't absolutely mad for it i mean what what did you think what did you think of the harrelson stuff that really awesome thing. I, yeah, I can absolutely see your point. It's it's it, it's a fun relationship. It's uh, it's a fun little thing within the movie. They bounce off each other really well. But yeah, feels completely just unrealistic. Yeah, it feels yeah. like the relationship that somebody would think that they might have with a cool teacher, rather than a relationship that actually could actually ever exist. Yeah, good shout. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 worth a go. It is. Um, yeah, it, it, it's worth watching. I enjoyed it enough, certainly. Cool. Uh, a couple other things. Uh, rewatched Black Swan uh, in preparation for Mother. That film is a fucking nightmare, like in the best way. Like the last half hour of that film is like just an anxiety fucking dream. Uh, I gen- genuinely, really fucking wish I got on with Black Swan. Oh man, that. I really, I really. It's one of those. I really. I, I really wish that, that, that what everyone else sees, I wish I saw that, but I just, for some reason, don't be wrong, I don't think it's a bad film or anything like that. I'm not saying that you're wrong about it. It's just when I watch it, it I go, yeah, 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 yeah. Nope, didn't get me. I don't know why, but I'm hoping that Mother doesn't do the same thing. I, I know fuck all about it and apparently it's fucking crazy so yeah uh, I, I, I noticed that the people I'm not referring to it as a horror it's a, it's a thriller but yeah okay yeah alright we'll see about that yeah it's a little bit like yeah, are you sure it isn't that you just don't want to admit that you really like a fucking horror that <laughs> mm, mm. Uh, no, well, one we'll talk next week and um my last one, uh, Inside Lewin Davis, which is the fucking bomb. I fucking love that film. I fucking love Inside Lewin Davis, man. Like, the look... Some of the fucking looks he gives people when he just wants them to shut up. Like, it just... It's great. I need to rewatch that. Sorry? I, de- I definitely need to rewatch that. I've been meaning to rewatch it for ages. I've actually got it on Blu-ray. 
But for ages, I, I enjoyed it when I first watched it, but I didn't love it. But but there've been a few Cobblers movies where I've watched them the first time and kind of gone oh, all right. But then when I've subsequently watched them, uh, I've, I've I've got more from them. Oh, it's just it's it's so good, and the shit it leaves hanging as well is just great. It just it's it's one of those ones where it just does feel like you're just with this character for a week and then he's just going to go on and live his life. Like it, it, it's so lived in and I, I just, I fucking, that film, man, we'll, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk when you, when you watched it again, but it just, that, that thing really fucking speaks to me, that film. Um, but Thanks, yeah, that's watch it for next week. Nice. Very good. That'd be great. That'd be great. Um, okay, that's it. Please, it'll, it'll be fresh in your memory when we talk about it next. Sweet. Cool. I've only got a couple. Um, is that, is that, sorry, did you say that was you? I'm, I'm good, man. I'm done. Yeah. I've only got uh, only got a couple. I rewatched um, Sicario in preparation for Wind River. Sweet. Uh, it's a fucking great film. <laughs> Sicario really is a great film. Um, and it's it's a great film because it's for, for a lot of reasons. First of all, the acting is is spot on. Uh, Emily Blunt is very good. Um, Benicio del Toro is is great, and Josh Brolin same. They're all very very good in it. Um, also as well, it's a really it's a really strong story for Taylor Sheridan. But also, well, you've got to throw in the fact that it's a Dennis uh, Villeneuve film, who is a fucking really interesting director who does really interesting shit. And then, of course, you've got the fact that it's fucking Deacon as well mm. to throw in there. There's, and it's Jonah Johansson doing the score. This, it's it's literally it's a load of people who are really fucking good at doing what they do, making a movie about people who are really fucking good at doing what they do. Yep. Um, and it's just yeah, it, it, it yep. really is a cracking movie. I I, I think that. I think because of its subject matter and its its tone, etc., I can see why it, it kind of it didn't get the awards uh, attention that it maybe should have got because it's it kind of falls in that category of something like um, Heat, for instance, in the fact that Sicario was one of the best films of 2015 without question, in the same way as Heat was one of the best films of 1995 without question. But it didn't get any of the kind of recognition beyond the people who who, who recognised it, I suppose. Yeah. 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 Absolutely cracking film. Well worth a rewatch. Absolutely. Um, and I also watched um, Ordinary World. The what? Ordinary World. Have you heard of this one? Ordinary World? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is the cast. Selma Blair. Kevin Corrigan, Judy Greer, um, Fred Armisen, and Billy Joe Armstrong. Fuck, yeah, okay, I saw the trailer for that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, yeah, how is that? It's it's a fun film. Yeah, okay. it's, yeah it's, it's a really fun film. Uh, 86 minutes long, which... Oh, sweet. Which it benefits from, uh, in a sense that its, it's story should be told in... 90 minutes and it tells its story 
in 90 minutes. So the story of the film is um, Billy Joe Armstrong plays a character called Perry Miller, um, who in the in 1995 was in a, uh, a punk band uh, called the Skunks, um, and they were sort of one of those bands that were a big local band, and they were on the cusp of making it big. And then it fast forwards to 20 years later. And um, Perry is married to Selma Blair. He has a, a couple of kids, including a new baby with her. Um, she's a district attorney, and he works with his brother uh, at the hardware store that their um, father left them uh, in, in, in his will. Um, so Perry is... He's still a little bit. He still clearly is in love with his music and still wants to do his music, but he's not. They don't. Billy Armstrong doesn't play him as a complete kind of like. Like he hasn't. He's never been able to grow up and he's never been able to detach and he still lives this punk lifestyle. He very much is. He's just a guy who is. He's turning 40, essentially. The film is set on his birthday. Um. And he's turning 40, but everyone everyone's forgotten that it's his birthday. So he, he thinks that everyone should be making a bit of a big deal about it because it's his birthday. But his wife's forgotten, his kids have forgotten, um, and his brother's forgotten. Uh, and so he ends up, his brother ends up being saying to him, look, here you go, here's $1,000, go have a party, get this out of your system and get yourself back on track. So he goes off, rents a hotel room and decides to, have a, to throw a party. But the party just doesn't, it, it, it's not kind of what he wants. Um, and all these things just kind of happen around it, which I won't go into too much detail because I don't want to give away kind of spoilers in a way, I suppose, for it. But Billy Joe Armstrong is, what I'll say is, he's not the best actor in the world, but the part, he, he kind of, he... He falls at the part quite nicely because he genuinely comes across as just a quite a nice guy and the character comes across as just quite a nice guy. And the whole thing just feels like a sweet little a little 90-minute movie. It feels like it should have been made in 1995, not in 2016 or 15 or whatever it, when it was it was made. Um, but, yeah, it's a... I, I, I really quite enjoyed it to be honest it's it's funny enough but not laugh out loud funny um, and it never gets mean or or um, or takes itself too seriously I don't think okay alright what, what was that on uh, is it, is it I watched on, on Sky sorry? I watched on Sky oh shit okay uh, but it, I'll, I'll be very surprised if it isn't on Netflix or uh, Amazon Prime before the end of the year. Oh, very good. But yeah, it's it, it's it's worth a watch. Yeah, okay, certainly. When it, when, it crops, when it crops up, you could easily watch this on the train to work or train on. Okay, that'll do. Very nice. Solid Judy Greer action as well. I do you like me some Judy Greer? I know you do. Oh, uh, yes, so that was that's um, that's it for me for me for this 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 week um, for that. Um, so there's no prize for what we're watching next week, is there? Because it's mother. Indeed, it's mother. Um, 
I don't know when the fuck we're going to record next week. I know we still need to do Black Samurai. Did you get the DVD, by the way? Yes, I did get the DVD, Black Samurai. Okay, okay good, good. So we do need to do that. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm doing London Wednesday and Thursday next week, so I don't know when the fuck we're going to record, actually. We'll work it out. Yeah, we'll work it out. Yeah, yeah, it'll be all right. So um, next week's show might be a bit delayed. Um, yeah, we'll 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 have to see. Um, but yeah, uh, Patreon stuff. Going to be doing my darling Clementine on on the Patreon next week. There will be that. I'll be. I, I, I've got tomorrow off work, so I'm going to do a damn you football tomorrow. Sweet. Um, I don't know what I'm recording it on yet. But I'll sort some out, uh, and I'm going to do a couple of Patreon shows as well, so they should hopefully be out for weekend. Very, very good, very good. Um, it's showing some signs of life, but I think it could just be like a death cackle. Oh dear. Okay. Um, well, well, we'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, Black Samurai will be getting recorded at some point. We just need to kind of schedule, basically. Yeah. Um. Cool. Yes, um, so uh, I don't think we've actually got any Twitter questions this week. Um, so, fuck you guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, we don't have any Twitter questions this week. Um, so, yeah, uh, dudemonkey.com, uh, at dudemonkey, at Ian Lowen, at dudefoz. Is there anything we are forgetting, Ian? Patreon.com forward slash dudemonkey. Patreon.com, yes, um, slash um, dudemonkey. Uh, we do very much appreciate uh, the, the Patreon contributions. Uh, apologies for my tardiness uh, in, in Patreon shows. Um, it's been due to, to just work, to be honest, but I will get on top of that shit. Uh, like I say, once I can work out what I'm going to record it on. Uh, apologies uh, on us as well. Again, said laptop issues might have created some uh, audio uh, quality issues. We, we, we just don't know yet until we actually yeah. get this, whether or not it's it, a little bit fuzzy. It's not as bad as it was the, uh, the, the uh, like the first five minutes earlier on. I think we're okay, but yes, yeah, apologies, guys. Yeah, uh, it will be sorted. I will sort something out that uh, which is, resembles a laptop, uh, probably out of some kind of Frankenstein's laptop, out of the three fucking laptops that have broken on me in the past two years. Nice. Fucking hell. Do you know what? I just need to fucking pump and get a fucking Mac, do mm. Oh, fuck you, Apple. <laughs> So, yes, um, that was episode 224 of Dude the Monkey. Uh, we hope you enjoyed and we thank you very much for listening, guys. Indeed. Bye-bye. Thank you, guys.